0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Close Encounters podcast. Uh, Firstly, apologies if uh, it sounds roomy here. I'm currently recording at the girlfriend's house in Belfast and it's a ridiculously large room without any soft surface, so I'd imagine it sounds quite roomy here. Really, really excited about this episode. We're exploring the idea of past lives and regressive hypnotherapy. But first of all, we will bring you your usual segment of That's What I Call News. And then our interview with our guest, Monique Pliakis. And then finally, a quick rundown of the most notable celestial events happening in the upcoming week. So at that, I would say let us get on to uh, That's What I Call News, my special news that I like to uh, Read out to people I suppose. Um, some stuff that you won't get on the mainstream media. Um, more of the interesting news. Nothing very upsetting or very uh, depressing this time round. Uh, let's get straight into it. So uh, 12 new moons have been discovered around Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter has overtaken Saturn now for having more moons known to science uh, around any other planetary body in the solar system but for how long would that be this is coming from space.com if you're a regular to pub quizzes you may need to relearn this space fact so Saturn previously held the record for having the most known moons in our solar system uh, but that was recently made redundant by Jupiter with the discovery of 12 additional moons now uh, Jupiter has a total of 92 known satellites currently in its orbit Uh, the largest planet may not hold the title for too long though with scientists now analyzing other asteroid like rocks around saturn's orbit and with their precise orbits being determined currently they could be designated planetary moons thus allowing saturn to retake the record again So uh, the thing with space, uh, space knowledge and science and facts, it's always rapidly changing, isn't it? Uh, So moving on to futurism.com, faster than light travel theoretically possible. And it won't break the law of physics or the theory of relativity, I suppose, by that matter. Uh, So a new theory has been produced which supports the possibility of faster than light travel and remain well within the bounds of the laws of physics. Um, The consequence of which would allow the person and or object to experience multiple timelines simultaneously at once. Sounds very sci-fi, doesn't it? It's down to the idea of flipping our current understanding of uh, spatial time dimensions where it's currently three spatial dimensions and one time dimension but this new idea now states that there could be three time dimensions and one spatial dimension Uh, very much sounding like christopher nolan uh, film isn't it Uh, something that he would write and direct only this time it may not be science fiction Uh, as always links to my chosen stories are in the show's notes And let's move on to the next one. So Belgium's youngest ever college graduate plans the immortality of humans. Uh, The the titles just get weirder and weirder, don't they? But um, this one comes from interestingengineering.com. Now, a lot of parents out there make the uh, usual claims that their child is a genius beyond their years. But the parents of this kid probably aren't exaggerating this time. Uh, an 11-year-old Belgian prodigy, child prodigy, Laurent Simons, has recently earned a bachelor's degree in physics from the University of Antwerp. Impressively enough, it only took him a year to get his degree, and the course itself is three years long. So uh, a child at that age needs to do it in a third of the time is absolutely astonishing. Um, His impressive ambitions don't end there, however. Uh, In an interview with the the National Belgian paper, I can't even pronounce that name, uh, he described that he's working towards a much larger goal and that his studies are a small step among many steps towards it and he states that his end goal is to make humans immortal by the use of mechanical replacements of body parts and in order to achieve this he must study quantum physics which he describes as the first part of a larger puzzle towards human immortality a very very impressive young man indeed and finally a university professor suggests that the key to warp engines may lie and an everyday off-the-shelf chemical. This is going back to futurism.com. So the University of Houston, Victoria, uh, a, a provost there named Chance Glenn, has proposed a new idea to help bring warp drive engines a step closer to reality. The university professor is planning to use ethylene glycol, uh, often used as an antifreeze in vehicles, in order to detect any sign of a distortion in space and time. Uh, the process, which he hopes to begin within the next couple of months, involves filling a radio frequency chamber with ethylene glycol, or antifreeze, and using a laser in the hopes of detecting distortions in space-time. It's hoped that, if successful, it could be of the way for new sciences to work towards a faster-than-light mode of travel. Star Trek, eat your heart out. And that is the end of the news, and let's move on to the interview. <music> Now, when I say hypnosis, what do you immediately think of? A hypnotist on a stage with selected guests doing crazy things? A way to stop smoking or to overcome other bad habits? Maybe you think it's, you know, woo-woo. You know, I, I don't know. That Everyone has different opinions on this. But what have I told you? That some people have recalled memories from past lives as a result of undergoing hypnosis. So... My next guest is Monique Pliakis from New Hampshire, USA, and she is a certified hypnotherapist among other things such as a Reiki master, tarot reader, empath, organite maker, healer, and podcaster. And she states that she's passionate about helping others remember who they really are and find out the power and magic that they possess inside. Monique, uh, it's great to have you on my podcast. This is something that's Fascinated me for quite some time, and uh, I'm going to be picking your brains left, right, and centre for all sorts of information, and you know, uh, you know, sifting through all the knowledge that you've got. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me.
0: Um we had an interesting conversation before we started, and um, you know, we were talking about your sort of ancestry. Uh, yeah. You told me that you're, you know, you're part French. Uh, part Irish and you've got, um, you know, family up in Canada and what have you. I would imagine that this isn't quite the past life that you're talking about whenever you um, put people under regressive hypnosis.
1: Yeah. So when we do regression and we go back to a past life, it's not it. When you go back, it's a different person. It's a different life. However, quite often, There are people in what we call your soul family and they'll show up in many lives. So some of your ancestors will still be your ancestors in another life, but not always.
0: I've heard theories like that before where um, uh, there's something I read not that long ago, actually, where a mother On social media was talking about how her son had said something. I can't remember the exact words, but it was in the effect of um, uh, whenever I, you know, was born the first time I died. So I wanted to come back to the same family. And the reason that that sort of struck a chord with her was because um, she had a stillbirth. And then they tried, uh, you know, for another child. And this child says, yeah, I'll come back beforehand, pretty much. You lost me, but, so I've decided to come back to the same family again. Um, how, you know, that, that that's an amazing thing to hear. And would that be something that you would bring out with regressive hypnosis uh, in some of your sessions?
1: Yes, actually, when we go back to a past life, the way I do it, especially for people who it's their first time doing it, It's easier to have them go back to a couple happy childhood memories. And what we do is something you may or may not remember. But the way I talk and the words I say, it's basically like this. You don't have to remember it. It's just going to come to you instantly. And we go back to a couple happy childhood memories. Then we go back younger, maybe like a baby, one, two, three years old. Stuff most people don't remember. And then from there, we go back into the time they were in their mother's womb. So much information comes from this point of regression because we find out about the soul, about coming into this life. When did you first come into the womb, into the fetus? And did you stay there the whole time? Did you leave and come back? Or did you just show up at a certain point in time? Some people, the soul goes in and out. It'll come for a bit, it'll leave. And sometimes... They do say, I was here before, but I had to leave and come back. What they weren't ready yet. I wasn't ready yet. Whatever it was. And so that's the kind of stuff that comes up. And what I do, if there's any trauma inside the womb, sometimes people can have great parents, but something emotionally might be going on. I had someone who um, her mother, while she was in the womb, the client's mother had just lost her father. So the client's grandfather had just passed. So the mom was just so sad and grief-stricken. And that can affect the baby inside. And so what I'll do, um, I'll sometimes do things like Reiki, but also we can do a little filter between the umbilical cord and the baby that creates a protective barrier between baby and mother from any outside negative energy, anything less than positive that isn't there for their highest good, it just can help protect them inside the womb. And when you do this, it actually, a lot of people, it helps them with the trauma they unknowingly had inside the womb. It helps them as when they're out of hypnosis in their life. So I personally feel time is not linear. It's not just like point A to point B. It's happening all at once, everywhere, and so when you go back and you do this work, it can positively affect you during your current life. But from the womb, we then go back to a past life.
0: That, that is, just even listening to that is absolutely fascinating. And I'm getting, like, the, the hair standing on the back of my neck uh, just listening to things like that. And I no doubt whenever we go into, like, some of the um, more interesting stories that you've had whenever you've put people under regressive hypnosis, that this is gonna happen again. But you were telling me, or you were telling us, sorry, about your methods of hypnotherapy, but how does the mechanics of hypnotherapy actually work?
1: There's different ways to do it. A lot of times it's just connecting with a feeling, and you can be there. If somebody is stunned, like something happens, they can be in hypnosis. There's different ways for people to get into hypnosis, but first of all, you have to be ready and willing. If you don't want to be hypnotized, it will not work. You also have to be ready and willing to go through the work that's going to be done because, for example, if somebody wants to quit smoking, if they want to do hypnosis, they're open to it, but they don't want to quit, their spouse wants them to quit, it's not going to work. You have to want to go on that journey inside. So the way I bring people into hypnosis, I like to do it in a very relaxing way. And I just talk very softly and slowly. And what you're doing is with your eyes closed, you're listening to me and you're imagining. And people imagine in all different ways. Anyone who imagines visually, so if I say, close your eyes, and imagine an apple. The majority of people would see an apple, but not everyone's brain works that way. Some people might just know the apple is there. Somebody might smell the apple or taste the apple. They might be able to feel the apple, though they can't see it. So we have to, as hypnotherapists, figure out how does that person's mind work? How do they imagine? And then once you know that, you use certain language to help them imagine in a way that works for them. And by... For me, when I bring my clients into a nice, relaxive state, I use a technique called progressive relaxation, where different parts of our body, just from one point to another, begin to relax, feeling good and comfortable. And just by talking and, you know, saying you're going to go deeper and deeper, it puts people into hypnosis in a very relaxing and calming way. So what's really happening is you have your conscious mind and then your subconscious. My talking is keeping your conscious mind busy. It kind of goes off to the side while your subconscious is able to come through. And a lot of people ask in regards to past life regression, does it really happen? Is it real? Was my experience something that actually happened at some point in time or did my mind just make it up? And I like to tell people that I have had people in past life regressions and there's been documented cases where somebody has no knowledge of the information that came forward. And then they go look it up and they discover that it actually happened. I had a friend that we had a spontaneous past life regression during a session that we weren't doing past life regression on. It just happened. And she's talking about a landscape, like stuff we've never heard of before. And we looked it up after and we found it. So this was something where she had absolutely no idea what, certain words were, what a place was, where it was, how the landscape was, and we found it. So um, I personally do think for the most part, it is a real experience. However, you know, everyone's different and it could be for some people, their subconscious is creating information to help somebody process the information that they need to in an easy, digestible way. So no matter how you look at it, the end result is that it's helping people.
0: It almost sounds like you're um, uh, like a coach uh, of, of the mind. You're, you're coaching people's mind. <sighs> Uh, I'm a guide. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just a guide. What do you want? What do you want to get out of this? And I am basically just holding your hand, guiding you through. And I tell people, you're the one doing the work. I'm just talking. I'm guiding you. I'm picking up like where we can go or how we can get somewhere with what you're looking to accomplish. But I'm I'm a guide.
0: And, you know, it happens this time, uh, you know, interesting you know it's an interesting tool to do you know it's an interesting thing to be able to to do i mean like i say if i mentioned hypnosis to a lot of people the first thing they're going to think of is a hypnotist on stage and they've got people up and they're making people eat onions thinking that they're apples and all that sort of yeah. stuff and whenever that's purely for entertainment and that's probably the zenith of where a lot of people think hypnotherapy ends at you know that that's that's all it that's all it's for but it actually helps a lot of people and um you remember a lot of trauma that they lock away I suppose as well but um oh,
1: sorry yeah, go ahead. a lot of trauma actually most trauma happens usually during childhood there's a technique called regression to cause where you focus not on a memory but a feeling so if like somebody who's afraid to fly focus on that feeling and we're going to go back, and we're going to go back to when that feeling first came up. Often it's childhood, and sometimes it is past lives.
0: Um, and yeah, like a traumatic um, past life, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But h- how much of that is um, perhaps um, like it, let's say if people do re- reincarnate, and I do believe people can re- reincarnate, mm. how much of those memories would be from the actual soul or spirit of the person and would genetic memories that have been passed down through, you know, by, you know, genetical means be influenced you know, you know what I'm getting at like, don't you?
1: Yes. So again, we don't focus on memories. We focus on feelings. Memories, they can become distorted. You and I can have the same experience and remember it differently. Hmm. So we don't want to focus on memories. We want to focus on the feelings inside, emotions. Emotions are huge. And with that, going back, traveling back, uh, I really think that it's important to know that you can, again, with time not being linear, we can go to future lives if we want. People have done that. I personally, during a past life regression, went back to before my soul even incarnated on earth. And I was on a different planet somewhere else. And ironically, what was so interesting is I, rem- I remembered everything, because I tell my clients, you'll have complete recollection of everything. But I remembered everything and I took notes. I was like drawing pictures. Fast forward less than a year later, I was listening to my friend's podcast and she had a guest on and she was talking about a planet called Mintaka, which is where her soul was originally from. And she starts describing the planet and I immediately thought, oh, my God, this is where I went to. So I emailed her. I reached out to her. And I told her about my past life regression experience, but I didn't say everything because I wanted to, I didn't want to just give her information in case it's somebody who just wanted to be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, that's it. So I left information out and I asked for more information regarding the other experiences and everything was just nail on the head, like boom, this was it. And it was incredible because this place that maybe I could have made up in my mind, but how is it that her and then even other people have had experiences, be it through meditation, regression, whatever, they're all experiencing the same place that none of us ever knew about before. It, it, to, to make it up on your own is just, there was so much to have to put into detail. So I do think our soul remembers. It creates an imprint. So it's not just this time on earth, it's throughout all time from our soul's creation that we are able to remember
0: it's, through it's, it's making me what, think, yeah, through lot. hypnosis, yeah, it's making me think a hell of a lot. I mean, um, the, the theory that we are the um, the universe examining itself, for example, so it's, it could be all ultimately the memories of one supreme conscious being just from different perspectives, you know? That's just a thought that's come into my yeah. head. And it's also made me think of, um, are you familiar with the term remote viewing? Yes. Yeah, so it makes me think a lot of that as well. Um, the way you were describing some things, how you um, for those who don't know what rem- rem- remote viewing is, uh, it was... Uh, if people say it 's we will ask the CIA and what have you because they invested a hell of a lot of money in it during the Cold War uh, to try and see what the uh, the Russians were doing uh, They were trying to weaponize it uh, of course uh, during um, that time but um the theory of remote viewing is you can see past, present, and future uh not just on earth but um, all over all over the um, all over the universe at a given time. Uh, One of the
1: things I try to teach people is that our mind is the most powerful thing ever. We can do so much more, but we're so limited, and especially with beliefs and what we're told. So I personally believe we are all capable of telepathy. The problem is, is that we don't know how to use it and recognize it. So if I'm thinking about something and... You know, just an easy example. I'm thinking for no reason, I really want some Chinese food. And my husband will say, You know what? I'm in the mood for Chinese food. Yeah. And it's that. like, yeah, maybe we just like Chinese food. But when it's happening all the time, like you're literally sharing a brain, it becomes to the point it can't just be coincidence where it's like sometimes such random thoughts that have nothing to do with anything. And it's how to tune in what is your original thought versus what's coming from somebody else. And that's where a lot of work needs to happen because that's I still have difficulty with that. Was that my thought or was I getting it from somebody else? So there's so much that we can do with our minds. We're just, we've been trained not to use it. And now we have to work and learn on how to do that. And hypnotherapy can sometimes be a way to get that guidance on what we need to do, especially when we're working to expand our minds, our abilities, and our gifts, find ways on how we can do that by using hypnosis to connect with spirit guides, to connect with our ancestors. To connect with our higher self, I'm actually, I just did a session last night, and I'm going to do a group hypnotherapy for this for Dragon Connection, where people have the ability to connect with dragons. I personally work with dragons and dragon energy, and this is a way for those interested to go into hypnosis, do some grounding. I have... um a thing that I call inner light where you work on your inner light and shining it to a beacon and you learn how to do that. And then you use that light to call forward the dragons and then they come to you and you get to talk to them and learn how to communicate with them and how to interpret their messages. And then you get to have some fun with them. So there's so much that we can do. There are multidimensional beings out there that most people don't see. They don't realize are there, but these beings are here to help us. But we've been kind of swayed out of that way of thinking and so it's about getting back into connection with these other entities and beings that can help us.
0: So when you say dragons are are you talking like um, how they would have been depicted years ago as like the fire-breathing creatures just uh, interdimensionally, not physically that we can see? Yes yeah
1: so I have certain dragons that I see in my mind, but I'll see them outside and um, I can feel their energy. I talk to them. So I I was actually doing a Reiki session with a friend of mine la- a week or two ago. And one dragon came forward, this big white and gold dragon, very strong energy. And my friend goes, well, during the Reiki, she goes, there's a very large white and gold dragon, like she got it too. And we both work with dragon energy. And you know, I did a dragon connection session last night where the person I was working with, she got a blue and green dragon with spikes. And it was really cool because sometimes they look really fierce, but they're they're not me. They're not ill-intended, they're here to help us. I'll call in dragons when I'm driving and I'll ask them to clear the way. And I can literally feel like energy pushing forward and all around me protecting me. So I like to work with them, ask them for help, ask them for guidance. And I had one dragon during a meditation that looked scary. It was big and red and really like something that you would see maybe in a like in a drawing that is intended to scare people. But I didn't feel scared. And it was just showing the strength inside and fierceness that I possess. So it's also how we interpret it and how it makes us feel with that energy.
0: So I was just sort of thinking as well, the, um, the colors, are they significant as well? Uh, with uh, what color they uh, manifest themselves in?
1: Well... It can be, because there's certain kind of dragons. Dragons are also elemental. So you have dragons of the element that work with the air, with fire, with earth, with water. And that sometimes, so if you have like a green dragon, it might be an earth dragon. And... Um, if it's like red and kind of flames, it could be a fire element dragon, but there's so many different ones. So I like to tell people what's the feeling you get from it? Because the feeling is where we get the information from.
0: That sort of brings us back in a full circle when it comes to the hypnosis. Um, yeah. Not being memories per se, but uh, more, more focusing on feelings. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Uh, I mean, that's something I didn't know, so I've learned something completely new out of that so far. It's <laughs> so uh, amazing just to sort of think what people can experience through it. It's wonderful. And I'm sort of thinking um, there's something else you said earlier on, it's just popped back into my mind again. Uh, I've got a whole list of questions I could be asking, but this happens every time that as I listen with awe to people, I just have so many questions that materialise. Um, and it comes back to memory. Uh, ch- and uh, childhood um, I've said in another, uh, in another podcast about children who've had uh, invisible friends or uh-huh. um, there's uh, a couple of kids I've read about in the States no, um, no less um, where, well one example we'll use one example where uh, there was a documentary on about the Titanic and it, showed, it, it came up with a picture of the boiler room in the engine room you see? And the, the little boy was like, well, that's not the Titanic. The, the boilers were on the other side. Uh, he says that was probably on, the, uh, on another ship like the Olympic or something like that. And then after X many of years, I think when he hit about maybe seven or eight years old, um, he didn't have those memories anymore. And he doesn't even recall thinking uh, like that before. How is it um, that hypno- well, first of all, how is it that we tend to forget these sort of things. And how can hypnosis actually unlock those memories?
1: Well, when you think about it, when you're newer to coming into this life, it's easier to hold memories. It's it's easier to remember some of the stuff and then we forget, we get amnesia. And sometimes we come here with the amnesia. Sometimes it takes a while to get it. So that's why you'll see young children who might just know stuff that they have no way of knowing and then you look it up and it's like wow that is accurate and then it starts to go away and there's a few factors for that one it could be cuz it's it's believed that when we come here we give ourselves amnesia so we can go through this experience learn the lessons that we need to learn because if we came in knowing everything how would we learn how would we grow and so we get this amnesia and the point is at some point to go through this process, it's almost like a tarot, like you start at zero at the fool, and you go through everything, all the major arcana just to come back again, except now you've been through it, you've gone through it all. So you've had that experience. So we go through this process and then we grow and we learn and then it can start coming back to us and remembering who we really are and the things that we've been through. A lot of times as children, we're programmed, I mean, especially in the United States, but we are programmed, we're programmed that talking to imaginary friends is not normal, we're programmed that, you know, it's not normal, like ghosts aren't real, I mean, things have changed, but I mean, when I was growing up, they like aliens aren't real, ghosts aren't real, like that's just your imagination. We're taught so many things on what's normal and, accept- and acceptable and what's not. And when you have a young, open, fresh mind that has that connection with the universe, with source, God, whatever you want to call it, and then you start saying, no, 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 not real, just your imagination. You don't encourage it. You don't let it grow. We start to forget. It happened to me. When I was a kid, I talked to rocks, I talked to trees, and it wasn't just like, I'm a lonely kid, I'll talk to a tree. I was conversing. They were talking back to me. I would. I was in connection with the earth. I would see spirit. I would see Fay. I would see all these different things, but it wasn't acceptable to talk about it. I'm an empath. As a child, I could feel energy so strongly, and I would hug people all the time. I knew when somebody needed a hug and I also knew people I just got a bad feeling from and to stay away. We know things as kids, but we're programmed just, you know, like I was by school, by parents, by TV, whatever, that this is not normal. This is not acceptable. And you lose that. You lose touch with that. And for so many people, not only do you lose touch with that openness and knowingness, but you become fearful of it. You're afraid to talk to other people. So we lose these gifts and abilities. And it, it, you know, so that like with my own kids, I personally, I encourage, you know, oh, who are you talking to? You know, I would talk to my spirit guides and I would, you know, they would help me. But you go tell somebody, oh yeah, you know, this is my friend. I don't realize they're a spirit guide as a child. But it's like, yeah, okay, sure. What's a child going to start to do? They're going to realize, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to realize, okay, this isn't normal. I am now being made fun of or treated not so great. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Or they might just, you know, be who they are and say, I don't care, whatever. Everyone's different. But I really think that children are more open to everything, and most of it gets programmed out.
0: They're certainly more receptive. Um, I mean, that's, that's a given fact to these energies. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a friend called Barry Fitzgerald. Now, he started out on uh, Ghost Hunters International, and uh, from there, he just his research led him into different areas, and he was able to tell us that a child's eye can mimic uh, an animal's eye, for example, where they can see uh, a little bit further into each side of the spectrum, and then as they uh-huh. get older, um, they tend to lose that ability, uh, probably down to, as you say, through, um, you know, uh, being told, no, that's that's not right, etc. Uh, I've been told all the time that, you know, you go through education nowadays to get indoctrinated and not to actually get educated. And, yes. And the community that I grew up in, um, for anyone listening, uh, Northern Ireland is a very, very divided community. Not so much nowadays, but it had been ages ago, you know. Uh, we're talking about maybe... Uh, two, three decades ago, and uh, I was brought up Presbyterian. Uh, It's a very sort of no-nonsense form of Protestantism. And then if you go into free Presbyterian, which broke away from it, it's it's even more uh, no-nonsense, all that sort of stuff. So even uh, my community would be... More like, yeah, you can't talk about that. It's very sinful, et cetera, and and all that. But I've always believed in UFOs and and ghosts. I've treated them as different separate things. Um, But, yeah, I I can totally get where you're coming from, where children are now you sort of taught and have been for years, really, not to be sort of engaging with these things or just, you know, ridiculing them, telling them that they're talking nonsense and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff.
1: And another thing that a lot of people get programmed out of is trusting their gut. And that's something I try to help people with during hypnotherapy sessions, like using your intuition. So depending like on the types of sessions we're doing, if we're talking to a higher self, uh, to guides, anything like that, you know, I'll ask, you know, is this person intuitive? And I've never gotten a no. And so I'll say, is there something you can do to help them? Maybe a sensation you can give them when they're unsure if it's their intuition, a feeling or sensation so they know that it's their intuition and to go with it. And sometimes somebody will say, yes, um, we're going to put, you know, there's going to be like a tingle on the back of their hand or, you know, something. And it's to remind them, like, this is your intuition and you need to follow it because our minds, we get that gut feeling. And then our mind, our logical brain starts saying, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. And, you know, ever meet somebody and you just get a bad feeling from them. And then other people like, oh, they're wonderful. They're great. And they talk you out of it. And you talk yourself out of your gut feeling. And then it turns out, yeah, they're not a great person. You were right. But you talked yourself out of it or you let other people talk yourself out of it. So that's something I also like to work on is learning how to trust your intuition again.
0: It's uh, interesting you say that because I, uh, I hold my hands up. <laughs> Guilty as charged, I sometimes, well, not sometimes, I quite lot struggle with intuition. And some of the things you said there resonated with me. It took me way back to a childhood memory where uh, a major drinks brand and uh, some fast food uh, restaurants and uh, even just on their own brand of you know bottles and cans that they sold, um, there was um, you could enter a draw for um, getting a watch and there was two kinds of watches. One was like a cheaper version, the other one had all the bells and whistles for it being in the mid nineties at that time. And I remember going into a shop. And I was like, um, in order to enter this competition, I think you had to get a large drink. And I, was like, I want a large um, uh, Coca-Cola, for example. And uh, my mother said, like, well, why do you want that? And goes, because I'm going to win that watch. And she goes, well, no, that's very, that's, <laughs> that's not very likely. And I goes, no, I want it because I know I'm going to win that watch. And this was as a kid back in the um, mm-hmm. mid to early 90s. And uh, she got it. And then I remember peeling the label off it and on the back of the label it said that I was the winner of whatever uh, whatever watch it was. It was like an X2 or something. I can't even remember it. But uh, that was the first time that I it sort of clicked with me, thinking, uh, you know, I didn't even know what it was. But looking back on it now, I know it was like an intuition because it was so strong. There was just something telling me that I had to go get it now. And as ridiculous as it sounds, over a competition, over a watch, but that is the first sort of um, uh, recollection that I have of, having an intuition and going for it. But nowadays, if I was to do something based on gut feeling, I I would doubt myself. And um, sometimes I would overthink it, overthink all the Mm -hmm. different outcomes. And then it just becomes a massive cloud of thoughts and then you just, you can't make a decision. And I'm sure a lot of your clients uh, are exactly the same.
1: Uh, A lot of times we know what we need to do, but either we don't want to do it or it's too hard to do or other people talk us out of it, or society talks us out of it, or whatever, we're we're talked out of it. And it's about getting back in touch with who you are and what you need as an individual. I really feel it's, I'm all about empowerment. Everyone We all have unique gifts and abilities. We all have strengths. We're all here. We all have purpose. And side note with purpose, we don't come into this life with just one purpose. It's not like, what is my purpose? It's only one thing. We have multiple purposes and it changes over time. You might accomplish it and then you have a new purpose or you can be having fulfilling one purpose and then go on and, you know, fulfill another one. So, we have more than just one purpose. And it's about finding like, what are we here to do? And what do you feel called to do? And what do you need as a person? And about finding a way to do that realistically. So I'm really into parts therapy where we get into the physical you. So basically you're seeing yourself, you're seeing the physical you, the mental intellectual you, the emotional you, And the spiritual you. And spiritual doesn't mean, you know, religious, just, you know, your soul. And we can throw in other parts, you know, the husband or father part of you, the wife or mother part of you, the entrepreneurial part of you, whatever, you know, resonates with you, whatever you want to, you know, work on. And we get into these different parts. And this is, you know, with the spiritual self where I do a lot of, are they intuitive? do they need something but it's finding out what they need and how to realistically get there so for example i'll have somebody where they you know they want to work on themselves somebody might you know have anxiety stress something like that and they're being told by their spiritual self you need to meditate more And so I'll jump in and I'll say, okay, you know, I'll talk directly to the spiritual self. I'll talk directly to those parts and I'll say, okay, well, knowing that I'm just going to pull a random name, Mary, knowing that Mary doesn't like meditating. She has a very difficult time doing it. How can we successfully accomplish this goal? Because you're saying meditate for at least 10 minutes every day. How is that going to, how do we start there? So we have to figure out, okay, it's great because the person probably knows they need to meditate anyway, but then we need to figure out how to realistically get there in these baby steps so they can do it. So I had somebody who their spiritual self was saying, start going for walks. Just go outside for five minutes and walk around. You have trees, you have nature, just admire the nature for five minutes. Try not to think about anything, but like what you're looking at. Outside, And we got these steps and it helped them because they did it. And that's another aspect, like there's work to do. If you want to improve yourself, you're going to get information, you're going to get answers, but there's still work that you might have to do to accomplish that.
0: It's not as straightforward as, um, you know, trying to quieten your mind, uh, you know, because that's what a lot of people think meditation is, is you just sit there mm-hmm. and you try to keep your, um, you know, your mind still and quiet. But it is also about focusing on Uh, focusing thoughts on uh, one of the favorite things, as I suppose, is uh, a candle, a flame, Uh, one Mm -hmm. of the ways to sort of sharpen and focus your mind. But can I also ask you about... Sorry, go ahead. Please go ahead. Oh,
1: no, I was going to say, I avoided meditation for so long because I thought you can't think of anything. And the first time I got hypnotized, my brain... I've never, I was never hypnotized until I realized like, this is wow, this is amazing. And I want to help people and learn it. So I'm in class and my instructor is hypnotizing me first time ever. And I'm sitting back and my eyes are closed and I'm listening to the instructions. And I start thinking, am I doing this right? he's probably, I'm probably not doing this right. He's he's going to know that I'm not doing this right. Oh my gosh. I'm embarrassing myself in front of the class because I'm just not doing this right. Monique, just stop and listen. It was so funny. When you're going into hypnosis, your mind isn't blank. You can listen to the person. Like I listen to my instructor and you can think, oh my gosh, you can have all these thoughts in your head and it's okay. You still get to where you need to be, especially with a good hypnotherapist who's picking up on the cues from the person based off their body, rapid eye movement behind the eyelids, breathing, body posture, all these different things that help us see how deep are they? Do I have to keep talking? Do I have to do something to help them? My mind was going crazy And then within a few minutes, I was like, okay, just, you know, focus. And then the next thing I know, I was like, oh, he's talking. I I should pay attention. So (laughs) whether it's meditation, hypnosis, you can still have thoughts in your head. It doesn't mean that you're not doing what you're trying to do.
0: Exactly. And for anyone who hasn't tried meditation before or has tried it and give up because they think it's too hard, honestly, do crack on at it because, um, uh, you don't even have to try it yourself. You can do it with somebody who, is, who can guide you, for example. It, it, isn't, it isn't as hard as people might make it out to be. But you've hypnotized people before, obviously, and um, obviously went into the regressive hypnosis with some people. What are some of the more interesting and maybe even crazy things that has actually come out of that? Um,
1: and it, it depends why we're regressing. If we're regressing for trauma... Sometimes the interesting thing is finding out the real reason for trauma. Sometimes people don't even know that something happened that caused their trauma. So I had a client where we discovered there was trauma while doing inner child. During her consult, there was nothing indicating an issue with childhood, trauma, anything like that. You know, we were just working on a a different issue. And during inner child, it came up about her dad and her dad wasn't abusive. It was just the way he would yell that triggered a feeling inside. And she started, you know, getting really nervous and upset. So we had to go to a safe place, which is when we go into hypnosis, I always bring my clients into a safe place, which is beautiful, calming, relaxing, safe, and secure. Because sometimes stuff does come up where we need to instantly retreat and go to that safe place. So, I took. I had her take her inner child and go to that safe place, and we did some Reiki, and then we were able to go back and figure out what was really going on, and it helped her because she didn't even know that something had happened in the past to trigger that. I've had client, I the client I mentioned, or not the client, a friend of mine I mentioned before, we were doing hypnotherapy. We were working on um, some issues. And then she went into a spontaneous past life regression. But what happened was some of the stuff coming forward, going to the safe place and these other things, these images popping up. Sometimes you can have multiple things popping up. I can say, you know, can you find a beautiful place? Sometimes people will see three or four different places. There's no right or wrong, but the stuff was coming up. So I'm taking note of it and then during the past life regression that happened just spontaneously, it, that's the stuff that she was getting that was coming through. It had to do with each other. So again, one could say, it's just your subconscious putting together things that you need to realize in a digestible way for you to take in that information. Or you could say it really happened and it's just the universe is trying to get that message to you. Um, I've had, I had my own past life regression and anything that is less than positive for me, I always try to turn into a lesson. The first time I was ever regressed into a past life was when I was learning to do past life regression. And I'm in class and a friend of mine is having me regress and we go back, back in time. And where I, ended up, and I'm a ve- very visual person, it was dark. It was black. And I didn't feel good. I felt really confused. I f- started feeling upset. And as it's coming to me, I go, fire. I'm on fire. Fire. And I start having what's called an ab reaction, which is an abnormal reaction, which isn't actually abnormal at all. But it's where people start getting upset. They can cry. They can hyperventilate. I started hyperventilating. I knew in my mind I wasn't on fire. I knew this is a past life regression. But it was like the feeling. I was so connected with it. And I felt anger. And... With what only felt like a few moments, all of a sudden I'm back to when I was younger. And then I'm in a field with my aunt in this past life. On the other side, the person who was regressing me was in a chat, the instructor came in, he was guiding her through chat on what to do. And she said it was at least 10 minutes of going back and forth trying to figure out what to do for me. It was just moments. It felt like seconds. But so what had happened was I was a healer in this past life. I used herbs. It was, I think like the 1720s women. It was looked down on to do that. And a father found out I was healing his son. Didn't care that I helped him feel better. Didn't care that I saved his life. He was mad and he pounded on my door And he started yelling at me. So I gave it right back to him. And then he proceeded to beat the ever-loving crap out of me. And he just, like, ground and pound, like, beat me into oblivion. And then he went outside and set my house on fire. So when I came in to that life, I was literally at the point where it was black because I was out. And I could start to open my eyes a little bit, but my eyes were swollen from the beating. And I, could, I had a hard time seeing and I realized there's fire and there's heat and I'm on fire. So it was such an incredible experience. And I just remember as all this is happening, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so when I regress people, I need to make sure that I say we're going back, back in time to a point where you're doing something you enjoy doing and do often. Because most people don't enjoy dying, and they don't die often in one life. So that was. <laughs> it's not something. So attitude, I even had really. this learning moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that's something that I would um, opt to go and do. You know, just for fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it'll happen but when yeah, it happens. So
1: I took it as a teaching moment.
0: Um. Yeah. That just the hearing that sort of stuff. It really does. It inspires the mind. It, it really. It gives food for thought. Um. It's just. Um, absolutely I'm lost for words for things like that. It's just my imagination can run wild and uh, mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you that once this podcast finishes uh, I'll be thinking about it you know I'll be playing my mind just uh, amazing to listen to um we're we're sort of overrun, but I don't mind mm-hmm. because this topic really does fascinate me, and I know it will fascinate the listeners as well, but I've always been interested in undergoing regressive hypnosis. And I'm sure other, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not alone on that there with some of the, uh, with our listeners. What advice would you give to somebody who is thinking of undergoing a regressive hypnosis to see what happened in the past life, for example?
1: So a couple of things. One, why are you just curious or is there something going on? If you're curious, that's fine. But if I were doing the regression, that would help me know how to guide you through and what to do. Um, I did a past life regression the other day and the person wanted to work, like figure out business stuff because during a a different, during a parts therapy, um, we were working on a part and a previous life was a merchant and that came through. And so she wanted to connect with that merchant because this merchant had information to help her in this life. So depending on what you're looking for will help me know what to say during the regression to help you get what you're looking to accomplish or achieve. That's very important. Know why you're doing it. Is it for a purpose? Some people, they have fears, phobias. They're trying to figure out why or certain feelings that happen or thoughts and they're trying to figure out why. And some people are just curious and they want to know. So depending on the reason... That will help me guide somebody to having the best session possible. And another thing is once you're hypnotized, the easier it is to become hypnotized after. So there was somebody who actually, they were a hypnotist and they thought, okay, well, when you hypnotize somebody, sometimes a little, a little, they have a little bit of a hard time getting stuff coming to them. And then I think he waited a month and hypnotized somebody, the same person, and it was easier. And then he waited another month and then it was even easier. Stuff was just coming quicker. And he thought, what if I don't wait a month? What if I wait a week? So he tried that and it worked. And then he said, okay, well, instead of waiting a week, why don't I wait till the next day? Tried that and it worked. And then he's like, why don't I do one after another? So doing regression, it is a lot of work for our mind. And sometimes if you've never been hypnotized before, it It can be a little difficult getting stuff. So what I do is when somebody books an appointment with me, we always have a consult. And then when they make their appointment, I send them an audio of a guided hypnotherapy session. And it's really short. All we're doing is going into hypnosis, going to a safe place and coming out of hypnosis. But that allows the person a few things. One, to practice going into hypnosis so they can listen to it as much as they want And every time they go in and come out of hypnosis, it gets easier and easier. The other reason I do that is to make sure they feel comfortable with my style. Somebody might not like the way I talk. I might talk too slow for them. They might not like my cadence. So it's a twofold for clients. But it's also, you know, to help them get hypnotized, get that practice in so they have a better experience.
0: And I suppose the more times you do it, the the more receptive and open they become because they're familiar with what's happening. Because I'd Mm -hmm. imagine maybe beforehand, uh, people are sort of uh, nervous, not really too sure what to anticipate, what might come out of it, you know, will will it work or will it not? Maybe the fear of failure, Uh, I don't know. (laughs) But once they get used to it, um, that that is probably one of the things that makes it easier for them. Exactly. Um, So before we wrap this up, um, this has been... Uh, I must say the energy coming from you is fantastic, and I could Thank speak you. to you forever about all uh, everything i'd love to be able to pick your brains a bit more maybe i 'll get you back on to another episode uh, Absolutely. I, I would love that um, very much so if not then again, like the last guest we had, I might be j- selfish and just pick all the information for myself. <laughs> you, you never That's know okay. but um, where for anyone who is no doubt after listening about the uh, listening this is curious about you, where can people find you? And do you have any literature or anything out that people can get their hands on?
1: I don't have any books. I'm not really, like, it's funny, my writing is, in hypnosis, we call them scripts. So you write up what you're going to do. So my Dragon Connection, that's a script that I wrote. So my Inductions that I do, it's a script that I write. So I focus my writing on my scripts for my clients. Um, but I do have a website. It is www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. So it's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. And instead of like, I don't understand, I understand. So words do have meaning. And I take understand is more of like a negative, like, do you understand? Like, I don't stand under anyone when I take information. I take it. I hold it within. If it resonates with me, I keep it. So that's a way to remember inner standings. We understand information we don't understand. So go to innerstandingshypnosis.com. You can schedule a free 20-minute consult with me to see if hypnosis is right for you and figure out a plan, if it is, on how to achieve what you're looking for. I also read tarot. I make organite. I make incense and candles and all different things that is www.tarotbymonique.com. And you can go there to check out my offerings as well.
0: Absolutely fantastic stuff. Ooh, and I think. and oh, before
1: yeah. I forget, I just want to plug... I am doing a a group hypnotherapy session for Dragon Connection to connect to our dragons. That's going to be Thursday, March 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So for any of your listeners, if they're up late, uh, you know, in England, Ireland, over there, um, or in the U.S., if that works, go to my website, innerstandingshypnosis.com, and you can sign up. There's a tab for... um, group hypnotherapy, click on that and you can click to sign up for the group session as well.
0: I think if I uh, don't have anything on my calendar for that time, well, it's going to be pretty late for us to be fair, but if I'm not working for whatever reason, then I might try and get on that myself. Yes, um, the links absolutely. that you've just said, I will put them into the shows, uh, the show's notes so people can access them at their leisure. Uh, this has been a fantastic, um, a conversation and i would really like to get you on again but i must say um thank you very much for coming on to the show and chatting about it it is a fascinating subject and um hopefully i'll get to speak to you again some point soon
1: i hope so too and i just want to thank you chris and i want to thank all of your listeners as well for tuning in and listening i truly appreciate you and everyone listening
0: no, I definitely appreciate you coming on to the show. Thank you very much indeed. That was Monique And uh, Take a look at the show notes and you'll get to uh, see her website and everything that she talks about. Wow, well, what about that? If you, if you could see the hairs in the back of my hand and arms here, they're standing on end, and I'm sure they are they feel like they are in the back of my neck. Um, the thought of regressive hypnosis, triggering memories of the past life, not just on Earth, not just in human form, I, I should add. Um, really interesting topic indeed. If you're not familiar with it, I really do suggest that you get online and take a look at regressive hypnosis, and be quite fancy it. Remember, you're supposed to be open-minded about it, and willing and receptive of hypnosis otherwise it will not work so if you're doing it just to see if it'll work out of um i, I suppose skepticism or something out, like then it's not going to work according to monique uh, i'd like to undergo regressive hypnosis and see what i have been if anything in any past life whether it's here or off planet i think um i might even scare myself but you know there we go um let us move on now to um a little bit more information about the upcoming now you Folks open day it's going to be happening next month it's literally less than a month away now it's just around the corner it will be happening in belfast and more than likely in the crescent arts center if not we will uh, post more updates about it on facebook if you're interested in visiting us or joining us or just want to know a little bit more about us and see the faces behind the team then i would suggest that you come and meet us in belfast on the 11th of may march march on the 11th of march uh, around one o'clock uh, 11 o'clock i do beg your pardon to in around four o'clock and then there's a potential for a watch night uh, up on the north coast shortly afterwards uh, more information as it comes will be released onto our Facebook page, please like and follow us if you don't already and uh, we'll move on very quickly, we'll round this off with the upcoming celestial events that are notable, or most notable so today at the time of recording, the 20th It's rather dull looking outside, so that is a shame. If you're looking to do a watch night or anything, probably going to be a no-go for that, despite there being a new moon. New moon meaning that there's no moon there or no light coming from the moon in any shape or form. So it's fantastic for sky-watching and stargazing. Um... Rolling on to that tomorrow on the 21st, the cluster NGC 3114 is well placed for observation. So grab yourself a good pair of binoculars or telescope and um, have a point and swatch, as they say in Scotland, um, at the star cluster. It is really impressive when you take a look at it through the telescope, I must say. Um, I've got three telescopes. Uh, My mother sort of wondering why the hell. My girlfriend probably wondering why the hell I'm spending so much money on telescopes. But, you know, uh, they get progressively better as I buy them. But I think that will be my limit. Uh, Three telescopes is enough, plus a set of binoculars as well. Anyway, I digress. We'll move on to the 22nd. It'll be the conjunction of the Moon and Venus. A close approach of the Moon and Venus. And then finally, on the 25th, it will be a a close approach of the Moon and Uranus ladies and gentlemen that sort of wraps up this episode of the podcast thank you very much for listening indeed my name is christopher mcmurray and you've been listening to the close encounters podcast look forward to the next podcast episode which features a man from southampton who has contact with angels and has a message from them for humanity and compiled into a book and look forward to that one and i hope you are too i'll see you in the next episode